Hello, I am Donna Freeman, the founder of Yoga in My School, and this is the Yoga in My School podcast. I appreciate you coming and having a listen. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your comments, and your ratings. It truly is a blessing as it helps others to find us. The purpose of the Yoga in My School podcast is to empower you to share yoga and mindfulness with youth. Through the archives and this episode in particular, I know that you will receive inspiration, knowledge, and tools to help you do so. We also are big fans of building community, and we love finding people who are doing amazing things in the kids' yoga community worldwide. So if you know of someone, or maybe you are someone, who are doing something incredible and you'd like to share it, feel free to reach out. You can email me, Donna, at yoganmyschool.com with ideas for upcoming episodes. Appreciate you listening. Have a wonderful day, and enjoy this episode. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Donna Freeman coming to you live from St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. Today, we kick off our reflection series, and first up is Sadie Nardini. Welcome, Sadie. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you. So Sadie is the founder of Core Strength Vinyasa Yoga. She's also a yoga journal blogger, and that kind of happened this past year. We'll get to that. And a number of other wonderful things that she's going to share with us today. But you've had an amazing 2010. I sure have. It's it's almost mind-blowing, in fact. <laughs> I kind of sit here every day and just marvel in the year that I've had. What would you consider are some of the uh, monumental events that have made it so incredible? Oh, wow. You know, I I thought back on my year, and, and I'm trying to pick a couple, you know. It's almost every day that something happens to me that I never thought would happen, and, I, and I'm just so grateful for it all. Um, you know, one of the big things for me was going to the national level this year full-time and actually for the first time in 15 years not teaching weekly classes but traveling all over the place to the U.S., to Canada. Next year it's, you know, beyond. But just meeting all of these people and studio owners and new students that I hadn't normally been able to be in front of, this is just a, it's an incredible experience to see this whole national community at that level. That's my classroom now. So, 2010 has radically changed the way that I teach yoga, the way that I am in my yoga teaching skin, and just, you know, the amount of people that I've been able to meet. Oh, that's just incredible. I know it was really exciting for me when you became the Yoga Journal blogger, of, you know, that was like, what, in February? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, but when you kind of started, you know, I think it was, what, three years ago when you started your YouTube channel? Mm-hmm. Did you ever imagine that you would have this kind of success? No, I never imagined it in my because there wasn't a paradigm for that. You know, there were viral videos that someone makes in their backyard one day and it goes who knows why. So what I did was I woke up one day from a nap and I said, you know, I want to teach I want to teach something. I want to offer this to whoever might watch it, and I'm going to go get a video camera and film this in my little, you know, crappy Brooklyn apartment and move the couch because there's no room for a yoga mat. 
and use a lamp for a light. I don't know. It just came to me. And that's what I wanted to do is see if, you know, three, ten people might watch these things. And now I have over 18,000 subscribers and growing every day. It's just incredible. It really is. I believe it. Yeah. So what surprises did 2010 hold for you? Wow. Um, One of the biggest surprises was actually traveling back to my hometown of Iowa City, Iowa, where I was a paper girl for a newspaper there, and being able to travel back now for a yoga festival as the keynote speaker of this festival, as the yoga teacher that I've become, it it was just such a mind-blowing experience. I didn't know I was going until maybe two months before, so it was a surprise in and of itself, but just to be there back in my back for you know into my roots in a new way was just mm-hmm. so amazing and and also getting to meet some of these yoga teachers that I grew up with that were some of my icons like Beryl Bender Birch I sat right next to her at this Omega conference and got to hear her opinions and talk and have little jokes with her and you know Shiva Ray and Lilia Tholen and so many people that I I looked up to that taught me yoga in different ways that I'd never actually gotten to meet. So, you know, every time I go to a conference now, people are recognizing me and saying, hey, Sadie, at that, you know, Rani Yee and these people, that to mm-hmm. me is just, it's a, it's a big surprise to be where I am right now because for me I'm just speaking my truth. I'm I'm living my life and I'm speaking from the core and moving from my center and it's getting me all of these places I never even imagined I would be because it's, it wasn't my intention my intention was just to be myself as fully as possible in this lifetime, and it's led me to all these wonderful experiences and adventures. So I'm going to keep doing it because it's working out for me so far. <laughs> yeah, you sound like you're having a lot of fun. I really am. I mean, it's a lot of work, no doubt, but it's life's work. It's passionate work. It's fierce work. And so every day I know when to stop because I'm, I get tired, but it's that good kind of tired, you know? the good kind of tired we had as a kid when we go out and we play in the neighborhood all day long with our friends and we're having so much fun and all of a sudden we just realize we're going to sleep really well that night. That's how most days feel for me right now. And that's that's the big surprise <laughs> is that I love my life so much doing doing my own work. That's great. So with all of the changes that have happened over the past mm-hmm. 12 months, how have you learned to go with the flow and to appreciate the moment? Well, you know, I've really had to learn because there will be months where maybe seven days out of three months I'm actually at home. The rest of the time I'm on the road. And being on the road means living out of a suitcase and being in a different place every night, taking a flight one day and teaching a new population and new students the next day. And, you know, every day is an adventure on the road because it's not your home. You don't have a routine. And I, you know, show up in front of completely new people, many of whom I've never met before. I don't know where I'm eating dinner. I mean, <laughs> I'm hosted by someone. And I've had to learn really quickly to let go of my expectations. And, you know, in a space where you have absolutely no idea what's going to happen, um, staying open to all possibilities, that's that's a real skill to cultivate because it takes away the suffering and fear of stepping into the unknown, and it really helps you to just relax and, like you said, go with the flow so we can receive the gifts of the present moment instead of fighting them or not even, you know, missing them sometimes. 
so I've had exactly. to really learn to let go of my inherent need, as we all have, for stability and home ground and routine and keep myself centered, keep myself conscious, keep myself open to the possibilities of life, even if I don't have that, which I think I need to get it. So truly, I carry that center with me when I go now, and that's been a big gift of, of last year. It's made me a stronger person, I think, when I do come home. Yeah. Well, and that's a huge lesson out of yoga, is that your core is who you are, and you take that wherever you go. Absolutely. And I think you definitely embody that in, in your travel practice and in your teachings. Yeah, and you know, it's all it's all yoga. Every moment counts. Every moment is is really pivotal, and it's all a chance for you to reaccess that core relationship with yourself, to kind of you know renew your vows, if you will, to you, to who you are, and to take that with you, even if you're not sure where you are or where you're going next, even if someone outside of you is doing something you don't like, or or would rather they not be doing, even if you're feeling afraid, even if you're feeling a lot of intensity. Uh, that's why we practice warrior two for more than five breaths. So we can practice staying stubbornly spiritual, stubbornly centered in the midst of that kind of fire because life is the fire. So, you know, that I caught what you just said, the traveling practice. That's the practice, the traveling practice, the teaching practice, the being yourself practice, the living and loving practice. That's what it is. And when we're on the mat, you know, maybe an hour or 90 minutes out of each day, let's say, if you're very committed. <laughs> uh, that's the exercise portion of your yoga practice, which lasts 24-7. It's all a chance for you to get close to who you are. That's that's what's interesting to me, not just the movements of the body. Like, who are you when you're off the mat? That's who I want to, you know, I look at that and I say, oh, you're really practicing because you don't just stop when you get off the mat. Mm-hmm. You know, your your calm yoginess doesn't disappear the moment you step out of the studio onto the street and someone almost runs you over with their bike. And then who are you? So, mm-hmm. you know, this is it's it's just interesting to me to see how much how much yoga practice I can do all day long, <laughs> whether I'm here or there. Exactly. I'm sure it must be exhausting though at some point because I've I've done a lot of travel in my day, and at some point you're just like, okay, I just need a bed. So what do you do on those days when you you can't find the fire, the fierceness? How do you care for Sadie Nardini? Mm, That's a great question. Well, you know, recently I was in Canada for 10 days, and every day I was either teaching for six to eight straight hours or taking a flight somewhere else. So that's 10, and then I went, the last weekend was actually a yoga uh, conference in Vancouver, and I taught, I think, 18 hours or 19 hours over the course of two and a half days. And that takes it out of me. I mean, you know, there are maybe teachers who can do more than that, but that's that's my limit. And so I came home really depleted. I look, I look like um, I've been dehydrated, <laughs> you know, like I'm a prune when I get back from something like that, no matter how much water I drink or how much yoga I'm doing or I get sleep. So there's got to be a, a real sensitivity, especially among people who tend to give out a lot. I don't know, you know, I guess that's everyone. 
So we've got to be sensitive to our own balance. And what I do is if I've given a lot and I've had to give a lot like that, I give back a lot. So the next week after that was spent almost entirely on my resting, my eating well, my not taking meetings, my not doing the work that I'm sure I could have done that week. But I needed that. Otherwise, we just kind of exist in this state of semi-depletion, and that's not good enough. That doesn't help you feel vital and awake and alive. You've got to really, like, like um, almost assertively return, re-nourish ourselves. You know, that's that's the key. We can't always just give a little into ourselves and give a little out. Sometimes it gets a little bit polar. So I would just suggest that people not be afraid or hesitant to um, super mindfully spend like a week retreating back into oneself. And you'd be surprised how much you can shift and how much space you actually can make if you decide to do that for yourself. Yeah, self-care is, is essential for us to be able yeah. to give yeah. in our lives. Mm-hmm. So for you, what is the most rewarding aspect of being a yoga instructor? Hmm. You know, I'd like to say that it's it's my own experience on the road and all the adventures that I get to have, and that's really important to me. But the reason that I'm really driven and drawn to doing this is because I get to see my students and the people that come to meet me. I get to see them actively claim their own inner strength, their own willpower, their own empowerment, um, and make choices like a lady emailed me the other day and she said, I want you to know that since I sat with you in that workshop about core strengthening, about core relationship, and then we moved, of course, she said she decided to sell her condo, uh, leave the job that she hated, and actually become a yoga teacher in Bali with this organization that, that's going to end up paying her better. And she couldn't believe how easy it all was to switch once she decided to do it, where when she came to the workshop, she was like, there's no way I can leave this this is my life, this is what I have and who I am. So just in shifting towards, hey, maybe I have the power to change and transform and shift more towards who I am and what I want out of life, because really no one's going to do that for us. We've really got to take the lead sometimes and and find space and make our peace within life and make our own um, joy of living rise to the surface instead of just kind of living under, you know, that undertow of everyone else's expectations. So when we start to shift, amazing things can happen. And for me, that's the reward is seeing people uh, give themselves permission to rock who they are, no matter what life seems to be throwing at them, and just really um, living large. And that courage is is so inspiring to me. That's, That's the juice for my battery. That gives me the energy to go on with these 10-day, three-month, <laughs> 2011, who knows what kind of tours. Because I know, I know we're in that conversation together, and that's really energizing to me. Well, and I think for the students who attend your workshops, that they can see you doing that as well, um, being true to who you are, because you have trod a little bit different path than, you know, the the generation <laughs> before you. And, and they yeah. say, oh, maybe can do it, I can do it. 
Well, you know, I just decided, and I had people from all camps, from the yoga camp saying, oh, don't make YouTube videos. You'll give it all away, and no one will want to come to your workshops or buy your DVDs mm-hmm. or do anything. I had people from the you know, non-yoga world say, well, you can't make a living off of yoga. What's that about? What are you going to do, teach 25 classes a day? And then the yoga world again saying, oh, you can't say that. You can't say, you know, on the Huffington Post that you enjoy a good filet mignon, free-range organic, of course, once in a while. Or <laughs> drink wine or you're an actual, you know, this is my idea of balance. Um, you you can't make up your own poses. You can't do a million things. And so people have been telling me for a long time what I can't do. And it was up to me and a select few people around me who knew me to to stand for what I knew that I could do and, in fact, should do and was born to do. And I I know some people disagree with my views and some and many people resonate with them, but the thing is I'm leading by example. I'm showing how someone can really live a 100% into their truth and be who they are fully in my skin. And even if you don't agree 100% with everything I do, which I don't know if that's ever possible, hopefully I give you kind of an inspiration to say, well, how can I take that on in my own way and get that brave and be that bright, you know? And that was a process for me from total darkness. I had a bad illness when I was younger. I couldn't even walk. I couldn't breathe. I My central nervous system shut down. So from totally being unable to do anything to now this, it's been night and day. And so I always tell them, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. I'm not, you know, the limber rock star yogi that I appear to be only. I, I built that. Mm-hmm. I built that from no health to total health, from not knowing who I was to fully being who I am, to no balance to, you know, I'm doing all right. Striving. <laughs> Striving for balance, you know. Sometimes you have to take a big old nap, but that's, that's who I am, and I, and that's who I'm going to continue to be. And so far, so good. It seems to be really supporting me, and I don't have to work at a job that I'm not meant for. You know, I can be out there teaching. I can be out there sharing and, and hopefully inspiring people to be themselves. That's, uh, I don't know, I just think if, if people really free themselves to, to do their own work and get back to themselves and do what their heart's calling them to do, they'd be amazed at how much support and abundance comes their way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's all about, you know, discovering what it is, first of all, and then mm-hmm. following that. Yeah. And it's a very scary path, but it's, it's, like you say, the abundance and the rewards are amazing. Yeah, that's right. And really what's scary about it, I think, it, for many people, is the doubts that arise and the voice that says you can't, you can't, you can't. Mm-hmm. And let's, you know, about 90% of people listen to that voice, I would say. Yep. And they they exist. They don't really live. And it's the other, it's the 10% that can show that 90% look. You really can, you can, you can. And so telling myself, I, I can, you can do this. Try it, just try it, see what happens. If you just try it, just take a small action towards it, you're going to feel good. You're going to get support. You will find the resources or they will be found for you somehow, amazingly. Set your mind towards your goals and watch what happens. 
fun in that way. Asana practices so much like life. You know, kicking up to a handstand for the first time takes <laughs> courage. And, Absolutely. And yet, if you don't take that chance, you're never going to get up and fly. That's right. And, you know, to do a handstand or a, let's say let's say crow pose, because this is really a pose I use to teach this exact thing, crow pose, you have to, in order to fly, you can't make yourself fly. You can't just say fly and kick around and lady luck's getting you up into this pose. You need to set your foundation, get present, say this is where I am, I'm aware of it, I'm here, these are my tools. And then use where you are, root your hands down, hug your elbows in to lift up into your center to find that core of you. You use whatever's in front of you to find the core, and then you float your heart out into what I call the void, that scary place, which is made much less scary now by the fact that we're rooted down, we're in-drawn to ourselves very closely. So it's a more, more secure feeling to know that you're carrying that core strength, that presence also with you into every new moment. And then you look down and your feet are off the floor. You're like, I'm flying. And you didn't have to try to fly. The flying is uh, the outcome, the organic outcome of doing your own work in the moment at hand. That's fantastic. Well, I'm just looking here, and we have a caller. And so I'm going to bring them on air. How exciting is that? I'm very excited. Hello, you're live on air with Sadie Nardini and Reflections 2010. Hi, Sadie. This is um, one of your Facebook friends, Kanani. Hi, Kanani. Hi. Hey, I really wanted to thank you uh, for doing everything that you've done for the troops, especially trying to bring the the yoga community um, into an area of accepting those who have served and fought in wars. Mm-hmm. And and really, that, that one article that you wrote for the Huffington Post has been circulated more times by me than I can even count. I mean, I think you would be a wealthy woman <laughs> <laughs> if you knew how, how many times I'd given that out. Um, and, and I just wanted to let you know, I, I also referred to it, and I showed it up on the screen. I was at a, a trauma-sensitive yoga, te- yoga teacher training at Kripalu, uh, that was yeah. run by Dave Emerson, and I, I flashed that on there, and you know a lot of the teachers had a lot of problems with with the mm-hmm. idea of working with veterans, and I said, no, look, you've, you've got to read this because this is the best explanation that I have ever read anywhere. Thank <laughs> so you. I want to thank you for that. Oh, of course, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, what, what she's talking about, Donna, is um, an article I wrote about sending teachers to a site, yogaforvets.org, which uh, asks yoga teachers to give a few free classes to uh, veterans. Oh, what a wonderful program. Of any war. I thought so, too, but I got a lot of negative feedback from yoga teachers and yogis saying it's completely inappropriate to teach um, people who are for war. And I I feel like, first of all, it's not a teacher's place to judge their students or to have to agree with everything their students do in order to teach them, or we'd never have any students. And second of all, we need our warriors to be as peaceful as possible and as centered as possible. And we also need our warriors, in my opinion. So that's, for me, that's okay, and that's really, really appropriate. But you'd be surprised that the things that I say that I feel are just kind of logical and rational and in balance 
you know, get a lot. It just really stirs a lot of stuff up. So well, I I'm know. glad to hear that that's been effective for some people. Well, I know myself. I support the soldiers. I don't support mm-hmm. the war. And That's so how I am if as I well. can support them on an individual basis in any way, I will do that. And, yes. And yes. So wonderful. And thank you. So we're going to move on to two minutes with. Okay. Ooh, okay. So this is a section where we're going to do rapid fire two minutes with Sadie Nardini and ask her really quirky kind of quick questions, and she just is going to respond with the first thing that comes to her mind. You ready? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> First boyfriend. Oh, gosh. Jeff? <laughs> I'm not saying his whole name. Oh, that's okay, Jeff. Jeff. I kissed him on the <laughs> playground, and I followed him around for two years. I think that was in sixth grade. Oh, he, I just had a huge crush on him. He kind of looked like Elvis. Oh, there you go. Favorite color? Favorite color is black. I know it's not very yogic of me, supposedly, but it's it's all colors together. Exactly. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars, I have to say, I grew up watching it. Okay. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Oh, night owl, completely. You'll find me at 2 a.m. typing things on Facebook. It's a little obsessive. How do you like your coffee? I like my coffee decaf since I'm allergic to caffeine, or nearly. But I love the taste, I have to say. So give me a big, give me a decaf mocha any day, I'm happy. Chocolate, caramel, or strawberry? Chocolate, honey, all day, every day, <laughs> 70% dark or milk chocolates, you know, whatever's in the house. <laughs> Just bring it on. Football or baseball? Um, football, in fact, um, soccer football. Ah. <laughs> I'm a big I'm a big European uh, football fan. Liverpool's my Can't team. Can't go to bed without? I can't go to bed Without my hot water bottle, a bottle of plastic, just like a, a regular bottle that you drink water out of that's uh, microwaved for a little bit, it's so soothing and warming and, uh, you know, just as good as a bath. Puts you right to sleep. Beetles or Rolling Stones? Beetles. I don't like the Stones. I'm sorry. I don't know why. I like maybe one song. But Beetles, I mean, just for the hair, first of all. Second of all... <laughs> They really started something, you have to admit. I like that. A little punk rock. If you were a toy, what would you be? <laughs> I would be the first Barbie to look like a real person and have a waist <laughs> size that actually matches an anatomically possible human being. Your most extravagant purchase? My most extravagant purchase to date is the... Uh, car that I just bought yesterday. Oh, what kind? <laughs> the Saab, the Saab uh, station wagon. Nice. To carry all of my DVDs in. <laughs> it's getting ridiculous <laughs> with the cabs and the things. So uh, New Yorker with a car, that's something. Uh, I know I was going to say. And last one, if I wasn't a yogi, I'd be a... I would be a guitarist in a rock and roll band. Hands down, electric. <laughs> That's right. I'd be, I, and they'd let me sing once in a while, but not too often. Okay, we're gonna quickly go into holidays. Yeah. All right. So, what is your favorite part about the holidays? My favorite part about the holidays is uh, dinner parties, 
hands down, because I'm a I'm a wine geek wannabe, and I'm also a an aspiring foodie. So I love to cook. I love to have friends over who know how to cook and choose wines and just be together in that community. So I bought a table with 12 chairs just waiting <laughs> your for the holiday apartment. <laughs> I did. It's basically my whole apartment. It doesn't matter. The kitchen and the table and chairs, that's all I wanted. And, uh, you know, now we're going to fill it up over the holidays. So I'm very excited about that. Fantastic. So other than wine, mm-hmm. what would be your favorite <laughs> holiday indulgence? I was in a store with my brother the other day quickly, and we're walking down the aisles, and I said, you know, if there was one thing that I could – eat all day, every day, and not gain weight, not have any adverse effects. And at the same time, we both said eggnog. <laughs> I don't know how he knew I was thinking about that. It was before Thanksgiving even. Nowhere near the eggnog section, but I think we have a um, genetic predisposition to eggnog. It's in there. So if I could have one thing, oh, my gosh, breakfast, lunch, dinner, eggnog. <laughs> And what is a tradition, either from your childhood you've developed as an adult, that helps you celebrate the holiday season? Mm. Well, my mother was very forward-thinking, and um, we always, instead of too many gifts, we would donate something to charity instead, mm-hmm. and in other people, in other people's names. So um, this year, I've already donated. Instead of buying a gift, I've donated to um, Children International dot org and sponsored another child i have one already and just you know helping the world instead of getting another thing that just will sit there in your house and that you'll have to move with someday it causes weight so you know or having one holiday dinner with people spend that money on um sponsoring a child or or giving a one-time donation to a great cause i think that's our responsibility as yogis you know not only to help ourselves through the yoga practice but to obviously help our family and help the world so that's that's something that I'm carrying forward, plus the Christmas plant, not the tree, so I don't cut it down. <laughs> there you go. I'm like a Christmas fern. Not so inspiring, but or Christmas rosemary, because then you can eat it. There you go. Yeah. All right. I know that you've got some new DVDs that have just come out. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little briefly about them and where people can find them? Yes, absolutely. Um, I have two, and they are uh, the 30-minute total belly transformation and whole body deep core strengthening DVD. And then I have another one, a 90-minute total body sculpt, calorie burn, and deep core strength. So we're doing muscle meridian work, giving you twice the benefits of most yoga practices. Mm-hmm. So doing the 30-minute DVD is like doing an hour of yoga. It's pretty amazing. You can get them on Amazon just by searching my name. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. I've had so much fun. If you want to know more about Sadie Darnini, be sure to visit her website. Um, And you can can find her on YouTube. She is one of the top YouTube people out there for yoga as well as on Facebook. She's got tons of fans, and we appreciate that she would spend the time with us today and share with us some of her insights into life, into becoming a rock star yogi, and into what it is like to transform your life from the inside out. This has been Donna Freeman from yogainmyschool.com, giving you yoga for the school of life. Namaste.